Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. All right, folks, here's how markets are looking like right now. Under pressure, at least we've got some red on the screen and stocks are down as traders assess the latest Federal Reserve meeting minutes where officials gave no indication of interest rate cuts. So we are seeing the Dow Jones Industrial Average down around 60 points or 0.2%. The S&P 500 down 0.2% as well to 4,538. While the Nasdaq Composite was the biggest loser, down 0.6%. So both the benchmark for the broad market, the S&P 500 and the tech-heavy Nasdaq, have snapped a string of five winning days. For more insights, we are joined by Mark Matthews. He's the Managing Director and Head of Research for Asia at Julius Baer. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Hey, great having you back on. So let's talk about what is driving the sentiment right now. And it does look like there are some extra bits of information about where the Fed is going from the minutes. But we have to bear in mind that these minutes are about three weeks old. What do you take away from the language that the minutes are painting, that they need to remain restrictive amidst the concerns around inflation? That's right. Restrictive for some time, which is exactly what we should have expected. They are being non-committal. They don't want to stimulate expectations. And why don't they want to stimulate expectations? Number one, they want the economy to soften. If expectations go up again, presumably the economy will follow. And uh, number two, who knows, there could be something happening in 2024 that's surprising. I remember Ben Bernanke testifying before Congress in 2007 saying that they were going to have a soft landing mm. and inflation was coming down. And of course, you couldn't have a more opposite situation that unfolded in 2008, the next year. So maybe they just don't want to embarrass themselves. And <laughs> if you look back in history, the two other decades, which were the 1940s and 1970s, where you had very strong inflation, it actually came in not just one wave, but two. So some people would argue we could be on the verge of another round of inflation for whatever reason, and bringing rates down would be premature. And that's actually what happened to the Federal Reserve in early 1970s. It it brought rates down, and then after the OPEC embargo, the Yom Kippur War, they had to raise rates right back up again. Yeah, of course, um, we've been seeing a lot of speculation about what's going to be happening at the next FOMC meeting. Some speculation that we could see another rate hike and then maybe rate cuts next year. What is your expectations for the next few meetings? We haven't changed our opinion, which is that the Federal Reserve made its last rate hike of the cycle in July, but it's going to keep rates high until September next year. The market, if you look at the futures market, is now expecting the first rate cut in May. And I would admit that the more we see the economy decelerating, the more likely the market is right that the Fed does cut earlier. Uh, So far, at least, we don't see very strong signals that the economy is decelerating so rapidly that they would have to move in May. What I would say, though, is there is Europe where inflation 
has also come down quite a bit. And there, the market's pricing in a first rate cut in March, and, and we agree with it. We think that is uh, correct. Yeah, talking about inflation, part of it has to do with how strong the economy is. And if just finished the bulk of the earnings season, what are you reading into the commentary coming forth from all these companies? Uh, of course, NVIDIA just out talking about how there's you no know, huge demand for AI stuff. What do you take away from all these um, com- commentaries? Well, Ryan, I eavesdropped on your comments on NVIDIA uh, just before I came on the line. And you rightly pointed out they did warn that export restrictions to China could impact them in the fourth quarter. And China's about 20 to 25 percent of their data service revenues. Mm. But they added that they think that will be more than offset by other regions. And the fact is that NVIDIA two years ago was basically a video game play. That's right. GPUs were used, you know, by people playing video games. And now it's mostly from uh, server farmers. In other words, big companies like Amazon, who are providing cloud infrastructure. And the thing that changed everything, of course, is artificial intelligence. And that, uh, the catalyst, of course, was ChatGPT last year. And you were just talking talking about OpenAI. But I think it's as revolutionary, if not more so, than when we moved from modems to broadband back in the late 90s, early 2000s, you may recall. Everybody needed broadband. Otherwise, you were going to be left in the dust. Um, So it's the same thing today. So NVIDIA are very strong. We actually do like that stock. And then the other things that came out last night were the retailers, and they were mostly down because they're aggressively discounting the gain market share, companies like Kohl's Mm. and Lowe's and American Eagle. So that's probably not surprising with inflation being as high as it is. All right. So you've got that picture of the economy and you've got your eye on three horsemen. So what are the three horsemen, Mark? I didn't make that up, by the way, Ryan, but uh, somebody told me that this is a term that's going around. The three horsemen are interest rates, the dollar and oil, and they are all moving in the right direction because, well, interest rates, the benchmark, obviously, the 10-year Treasury yield was 5% in mid-October. Now it's down to less than four and a half dollar has come down. It broke its 200-day moving average three days ago, getting toward it again. And oil, of course, was above 90. um, I think it got as close as 95 back in late September and hovering in the mid-70s today. And that combination is very good for almost every market, but I would say especially emerging markets because their inflation baskets have a lot more sensitivity to oil. They have a lot of dollar debt, so the dollar debt costs less to service now. And with the Treasury yield lower, they have less competition from U.S., so they can cut rates. And then I just say the cherry on the top for Asia is that the Bank of Japan is going to be the only big central bank next year that will be tightening policy. So if you get that plus stability in the renminbi, I think uh, there's also the potential for Asian currencies to do quite well next year. Yeah, you mentioned China, Mark, so we can't leave that out. So what is the picture looking like for you right now? I've been hearing a lot of reports about how they are stepping up in terms of supporting various parts of the property sector, making housing more affordable, getting banks to lend even more or encouraging them to lend to developers. What's your take on where it is right now? Have you bottomed out yet? No, clearly we didn't bottom out because the October data showed very weak momentum in home prices, particularly the third tier cities, uh, home sales and uh, newly started construction projects. They were all 
much steeper declines than expected. But as you point out, that's acting as a catalyst for the government to introduce more stimulus. And I don't know if it will work. Ultimately, property is a very psychological asset. And when prices develop momentum in either direction, it can be hard to arrest that. But uh, what I would say is it looks like the People's Bank of China is more keen on fixing the yuan at, you know, around where it is now rather than letting it go down more. And that is a positive for the Asian currencies. All right. Right now, I've seen the dollar and yuan cross at about 7.14. So pretty much flat across the past year. All right. I've been chatting Mark Matthews. He's the Managing Director and Head of Research for Asia at Julius Baer. Mark, it's a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.